Sports Jam. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Brigham Young Money. You got Jordan, you got Greg again. Um, no Kyle again. We swear we haven't killed him. Um, he is alive, I assure you, under the penalty of uh, perjury. He is definitely not not dead. <laughs> no, it actually happens to be his his girlfriend's birthday, so we let him off the hook again. Um, it's well-deserved. He'll be back. We'll be back stronger than ever. In the meantime, you know, thanks for bearing with the both of us and having to listen to us for an hour plus every it's episode. The, the chaotic duo of us just getting increasingly <laughs> angry at each other as we just both like <laughs> egg each other on. It's perfect. I love it. Yeah, we love it. So, Greg, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right, you know. Hung out with the family this weekend. Uh, participated in some some sexual anarchy watching the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. I, I didn't watch the halftime show. I, I'll be honest. Like, I, I was doing some work stuff and they got home until, like, the beginning of the third. And it was like, oh, apparently it was a good one. Uh, yeah, it was fine. It was great. It, it's, it's interesting transitioning into, like uh, – being the target of nostalgia though <laughs> you know like you know like growing up and like we watched the you every year you'd watch the super bowl and you'd get like the rolling stones or the who or like even prince for that matter which is still the best halftime show of all time but like you're catering to a certain demographic to a certain age group and it's weird now like being in my my late 30s um and like being that group that they're catering towards now. Yeah, it sucks. It's, uh, it's, it's really weird. And like, there's a bit of like an existential crisis that was attached to that. Like, fuck dude. And like all of these dudes are like in their late forties and fifties now. And it's just sixties. Cause I think, yeah, I, I think Dre just hit 60. I'm pretty sure. I think he's, I think he's like late fifties. I don't know. I'm not going to check. I don't care. But yeah, yeah. all I, yeah, all I know is, all I know is like being on Twitter and all that too. And people are like, I was like, why is 50 cent hanging upside down? I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like, I'm old enough to remember the into club music video. Yes, and exactly. That, that dropped my senior year of high school. And it was the biggest fucking thing in the entire world. It's like, am I old? Is, is that me now? Yeah. There was, there was a bit of that, like that stark realization that like, yeah, I'm, I'm that age now. Yeah, I, I'm Homer from The Simpsons trying to explain to the kids why Grand Funk Railroad was awesome. Like it's apparently it's great. I'm old. Apparently, I am older than than Homer was, like in The Simpsons, <laughs> which is such a kick in the dick. I know you just your entire life you grow up thinking you're Bart, and all of a sudden you're Homer. It sucks. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> Same IQ. Someday we're going to be Abe too. And that's just going to be like the end of the cycle. I already, I already yell at clouds. So which was a style at the there. time. Yeah. The guys are still our word for 20. So we had to say tickety. Oh man. You, man. What's I'm going on? Good. Uh, stuff. Tons of stuff. Yeah. Nothing in particular, just chaotic energy everywhere. It's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's life. Um, it is it is weird um watching all of the the Super Bowl halftime commercials. Like one uh apparently AJ and and Meadow survived the diner. Well, Meadow was never in the diner when it happened. I mean, she was like still 
parallel parking her car right. or something. Yeah. Pretty sure so it was just like, yeah. But she just walks into like her dad getting shot up. I mean, that's Pretty kind much. of that's kind of what I've I've gathered from watching the end of the like the final episode of The Sopranos twenty times. I mean, I don't like, think they would. There's have no harmed. way that Tony. There's no way that Tony doesn't die. Yeah, there's no way that Tony doesn't die. But uh, I'm pretty sure that like, Tony just got like the same death that like Frank Vincent got to, or just like plugged once inside the head. Didn't get ran over by his own car though, so I guess that's something. But <laughs> yeah, um, that was weird. It's also really weird to see like the amount of crypto shilling oh yeah terrible it's sad it's sad to see that both lebron james and larry david died um yesterday and we're never gonna hear from them again that breaks my heart i don't know what you're talking about i think when you see like six seven eight nine ads for crypto that's a sign of a healthy economy that's you know gonna be around forever and it isn't just a like the biggest pump and dump scheme in history of course not yeah. there's no it, it's so weird seeing advertisements for money <laughs> like and i i forgot let me let me pull up the tweet too because it really kind of hit home to me you know i've i've long i i'm i'm granted i'm no expert when it comes to web 3 or the metaverse or nfts or any of that shit i think it sucks and it's boring it's all fake it doesn't matter yeah it, it doesn't matter anyway like and that is not to say like i understand why people get drawn into it and i understand kind of like the 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 draw that it's like you know, it's an unregulated currency. It goes against the banks. Like, I understand that argument. I think it's bullshit, but I understand it. But uh, the tweet that, that comes to mind um, was by – let me see if I can if I can find it really quickly. We can edit this out. Did you did you see the one commercial with like Ty Burrell? It was like the uh, oh yeah the budget for kids. It's like oh god, that's bleak. Yeah, there was some real real bleak stuff. Like the one the one crypto ad that was kind of funny though was the Larry David one. I didn't want to see that one. Like like I said, like I got there like the third quarter, and like at that point, I wasn't really caring about commercials. I I did see the Doctor Evil general motors one and i guess like mike myers that whole was thing bleak is like, to me man that's, that's <laughs> guess, again like that's that's one of those like stark realizations after the the halftime show of like fuck they are catering to me so hard right now and i'm not comfortable with this at all i'm pretty sure like mike myers's whole thing now is just like to come back every single super bowl with one of his old characters just to make us all depressed yeah anyway like, i found the tweet it's from uh Ed Bermelia or Ed Bermila. Oh yeah. Yeah. He said like talking about, about crypto is like, this is all building towards big companies paying workers in their own made up cryptocurrencies. Everybody realizes that, right? Yeah, it's going to be great when company script is just on a USB. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're already, I mean, granted like America's outlawed company script, but like that doesn't mean that we're all like, we're all under, like a kind of distorted version of feudalism anyway. Yeah. It's going to be just like, and just to add another Simpsons reference, cause we haven't had enough of those today. It's going to be like when Homer buys all the itchy and scratchy cash going into itchy and scratchy land. Exactly. Like we're all going to start getting paid in Dave and Buster bucks. <laughs> 
You know, like it's absolutely like unless, of course, like the rug gets pulled, pulled up under us first. You know, and like there ends up being a gigantic crash. And it's like it's weird because it seems like crypto crashes every other week. Yeah, it kind of does. And it, it, it's funny, too, because you see it like there's no consistency to it at all. And there seems like to be a new currency that's like dropped every other week. I'm just like, sure, whatever. We're, we're just back to the 1830s when every bank was pumping out its own money. <laughs> exactly. I can't wait till we get like the, the Joseph Smith coin. And oh, really, yeah. really I, I, I can't back to the uh, the early days of Mormonism. I can't wait for the uh, I can't wait for the Curlin Anti Banking Society NFT to drop. That's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> God, dude. Ah, uh, well, I think we've bummed ourselves out enough on the Super Bowl. It's no so, one. dude. It's just. It was so. It's it's just like where we're at now is like this melding of like government with corporate interests. Yeah. It's a- along with like made up money. Yeah. It's it's like the matrix it's, crashed into like the gilded age. And like, that's yes. just where we are now. Yeah. It's, it's so surreal, dude, watching it all unfold, you know, and then like watching, like it's never been more apparent to me like that all of these companies are going out and getting every like big name celebrity they can to show this stuff. Oh yeah. Like, o- only, only makes me more skeptical and more convinced that this is like just an unbelievable scam. You know what? It, there has never been a worse time in history to have like a dialectic understanding of history. It fucking <laughs> blows, man. It sucks so much. Like, like there's always this, there's always, and we'll get into it in this episode, but there's always kind of like these, these steps that you have to take uh, when you become quote unquote radicalized, you know, like when you first start leaning left and you start doing a little bit of research and you're kind of like under this impression, it's like, no, these people can't be this bad. America can't really be this bad. What I'm reading has to be like, well, like this has to be like naive or it's not well researched or it's it's uh, reductionist. You know, there's there's that healthy skepticism there. And then you actually start digging more and more into it and you actually see the evidence and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, it, that's- really, it really is that bad. And then once you have that that understanding and you've done that research, it makes the current situation that much worse. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> like, having you, get any- what I, you get what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, having like, any sort of like understanding steps that you have to take. Oh, yeah. Like having any sort of understanding of history beyond like schoolhouse rock is like probably the most like radicalizing thing ever. Because anything more than like, well, the founding fathers were cool and yada, 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 the Civil War, yada, 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 World War Two, yada, yada, yada. We won the Cold War. America, great. And then yeah. it's just like you dig into those like in between yada 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 is like oh god this is all underpinned by like the blood of the workers yeah and the indigenous like and of, slavery uh, and sort of left movement just getting crushed off the face of the earth and that usually leads to you know some sort of genocide whether it's in laos or vietnam or 
Jakarta or, or, or Henry Brazil. Ford hiring goons to just shoot up unions. It's, you know, yeah. fun stuff like that. Or, you know, like the Dole Fruit Company. <laughs> just changing its name because, you know, well, we can't go by United Fruit anymore because, you know, bad. Oh, speaking of hell. <laughs> shall we shall we dive in let's do it i forgot which button it was so bear with me yes it's the right one welcome to hell i still love that it's i don't, I don't think they can get old and, and no they're great we love it uh <laughs> All right, let's just dive right into it. Uh, First of all, if you guys have been following the uh, Utah legislative session, uh, one, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're going through that. No one should have to follow that. Even even like Ben Winslow, uh, who follows everything for Fox 13, like he's a much braver soul than the rest of us. I can't even imagine doing his job. Um, But it came out today that the uh, Utah legislative uh, legislature uh, killed the death penalty repeal repeal bill that was proposed. Um, And they're going to go ahead and pass the transgender sports bill. It got forwarded along. And uh, now that nobody cares about it and nobody's throwing a big fig about it, they're going to pass it at... I don't know, 3.30 a.m. on a Friday night and it'll it'll get passed. And the uh, the Utah GOP played the long game and they're going to get what they want because they always get what they want. Yeah. And like that bill is like especially egregious, too, because like there's so many steps to it just to have like someone who's trans actually qualified to play sports that it's honestly it's horrific, to say the least, because. What you have to do is you have to change your birth certificate for one. Then you have to go through a year's worth of hormone treatments as it was before with UHSAA, which is the governing body for all high school sports. And then you have to go in front of a fucking committee of like a doctor, a physiologist, and like, I don't know, a couple other people to just determine whether or not your height, your weight, your wingspan is consistent to have you play in in high school sports or junior high sports. It's not even high school. And honestly, that's fucking insane for one. And, and, and like, for, are we, are, are we supposed to believe that anybody in the UHSA has knows anything about what it's like to be trans? No. Like they're going to come into this whole thing with their own preconceived notions and their own ideas of what is and or like what does and doesn't qualify someone as a human being. Yeah, it, all and, this is all this does is just open up Pandora's box for a few other things too. Like what happens if a woman who is by by like birth still a woman but produces too much testosterone? That happens in the Olympics like every year. You have three well, or I was four say, people. We've already seen that. Yeah, and. And like, what are you, are you going to kick her out just because she doesn't qualify? Like what's the criteria here? Are you going to start having people who are too tall? Like those are physical characteristics that might not qualify too much of advantage. Like all it does is just open up box after box, but that's not the real like conundrum here. The the entire purpose of this is to put so many steps in the way that trans people just don't try. 
Yeah, don't get it. Yeah, it's just another way to punish people for being transgender. Yeah, that's it. Because like, like to go through all those bureaucratic steps, it's it, it's impossible. And if you're in junior high and high school and just trying to belong or something like that, you're going to quit. And that's the whole purpose of it. It's the same thing they do with things like Medicaid expansion and Medicaid work requirements where you have to do so many re reporting requirements. You have to do so many phone calls. You have to do so many reporting how many hours you work this week that at a certain point people just quit, even if they are working. And it's, and that's the concept too. The conservative movement in this country takes people they don't like and punishes them just for existing. That's it. And yeah. it's fucking evil. It's absolutely evil. And it's like, these are all the same people who claim to be like every single one of these people have like Christian patriots in their, in their bio. But I'm not, I'm not really seeing a whole lot of that. Like, love one another being spread around. Yeah. And like their whole criteria is like oh, my daughters shouldn't have an unfair advantage against them. And athletics, like it's fucking junior high softball. Who gives a Shut fuck? Fuck off. Who cares? It's the fact that you have this much of a much attachment to fucking like junior high or high school sports shows that you're the person who has an unhealthy attachment to things, not people who are just trying to actually like, be human beings and actually exist within the society they exist in. Right. Yeah. I like, again, this is just like the latest uh, battle in the culture war. Yeah. Like conservatives lost the gay marriage battle and now they've moved on to punishing trans people. Yeah. That's the, they, uh, just, they just continue to punch down and it's like, they need they need someone to scapegoat at all times. Like that's been, that's been established. And unfortunately right now it's trans people. Yeah. It's the moral panic of every like four years or so, because like it's that CRT or whatever. It's whatever they can do to convince everyone that, Hey, yeah, the country's getting shittier and yeah, the economy keeps going off a cliff and yeah, you can't afford to where you li to live where you live anymore. But, um, uh, how about those drag queens reading to kids at libraries? That's fucked up, ain't it? Right. Yeah. Again, there are no actual answers to addressing the problems that are actually facing this country. So we like to kind of just like skirt around the edges. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, just like making people mad so they don't like pay attention to who's really fucking them over on any given day. Uh, speaking of, you know, fucking people over, have you been paying attention at all to this, uh, trucker convoy in Canada? Cause we got a great big convoy rocking down the street. <laughs> yeah. We got a great big convoy. Ain't it a beautiful scene? Come on and join our convoy. Ain't nothing going to get in our way. We're going to take this trucking convoy cross Canada convoy. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a treat. It's the most astroturf shit I've ever, ever witnessed. <laughs> of course it is. Like, like, oh yeah, like all these people who in an industry that's like ninety percent vaccinated is like really concerned about vaccine mandates. Oh uh, like, yeah, sure, whatever. Perfect. Right, yeah. And like the fact that they've like pretty much just like taken the Canadian economy to a standstill by just parking on the, the bridge between Windsor and Detroit is amazing. It's like, nope. 
we run this country and it, it's like we were talking about this beforehand too but we were like saying to it's like there's no like left-wing purpose to this protest no. it's a capital strike like they're they're those are people who are definitely to have more of a say in the means of production than the average worker because they're usually the people who own the trucking companies as opposed to the truckers themselves but whatever yeah, like if this was if if this was a worker strike, if this was like an anti-capital thing that like you would be see, seeing people trying to like unionize these truckers to somehow have some sort of negotiation to make their lives better. There's been none of that, which is all the evidence I need. Yeah, I, I remember like seeing on Twitter too, like these people have been dealt with like the kids gloves so much too. Like I remember seeing on Twitter the other day too, it was like they deployed snipers. It's like, buddy, is this your first protest? Cause uh, they do that at all of them. I remember I was at the, yeah. I remember I was taking night class at the U and Ben Shapiro came to go speak there. And there was a yeah. big thread of like protesters. And I saw like snipers on top of like the engineering building on the U. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. I guess you're taking this seriously. All right, fine. And imagine being such a piece of shit that you need that. (laughs) Like imagine being so committed to like the owning the libs grift that you need snipers on the roof to make an appearance in Salt Lake City, Utah. And there was like no protesters too. I remember like, I just like, I, I left campus and I like walked by a bus full of like riot cops who were just like, Dicking around on their phone. Fucking catching heart disease like every other cop. Catching heart disease and playing sugar crush at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Or candy it, crush, whatever. It is it is interesting again, like we've talked about it a lot here about like just how thin the margins of like the we and just the economy skates on. And it really is fascinating that like this convoy is screeching Canada's uh economy. Just by parking some trucks on a bridge. I honestly think like the best sort of like analogy you can make to it's like the 2010 like Tea Party ones too where Fox News was doing like live reports from like cross country ones. And then it turned out like they were all like astroturfed by like Dick Army's organization, which is like, sure. Yeah. No, this is like Coke brother money written all over it. Oh, yeah. It's 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 definitely something. It's just to like make people think like, Yeah. Maybe we do need some change here. Well, all I know is I hope Fidel's uh, illegitimate son finally does a crackdown <laughs> and breaks this uh, color revolution that's happening in Canada. Freeze their assets. Take over the trucks. Make daddy proud. Let's see some af- asset forfeiture going the other way this time. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's really funny. It really is, actually. Oh man, it only took him like three weeks to play cops. That's crazy. I'm gonna cut the second one or the third one. We'll talk about that another time. The Brad yeah. Wilcox shit is just kind of tired. At any rate, um, it's been a busy week. So, and we're already twenty something minutes into it. So, thanks for listening to the Hell Lions. We only got two of them for you today, but they were both good. Yeah. Let's move on to the uh, the topic du jour. Yeah, this is certainly not a this is a certainly a topic I've been uh, thinking about, not because it's just completely out of spite more than anything else at this point. Um, I hate so, this man so much. 
I hate him so much. <laughs> and I don't even think that my hatred touches yours. No, I've done a lot of research this week. And um, every turn, I think I hate him a little more, which is impressive, he's, actually. He's he's awful. Um, To express who we're talking about all this hate for, we are t- discussing... Um, uh egg mcmuffin uh, <laughs> uh oh i'm sorry i can't say that about him because he'll call you like you're on the alt-right or something which is really stupid <laughs> sorry then don't have a face that looks like an egg mcmuffin you, you know what the funny thing is i was looking through like his twitter stuff for like the last few years now that too and i think nate Bethay from like hell of a way to die and trash future called him egg mcmuffin on twitter and he's like oh look at that socialist co-opting a line that the alt-right started and it's like buddy oh, wow. did, did you survive junior high <laughs> Amazing stuff. Yeah, the guy the guy sucks and I mean the whole reason that we're we're diving into this is because this very very dumb, very very round-faced man um has decided that he wants to unseat Mike Lee. And while on the surface that sounds great, we're certainly not pro Mike Lee. But the man postures himself as an independent who can work with both sides um, and can bring about real change in Utah. He's a maverick. and the, Yeah, he's a maverick. He's a one of one. Uh, the fact of the matter is he's a former CIA spook who's completely full of shit. We're going to get into a lot here because – I have used the Wayback Machine a lot to go through his old campaign websites and pretty much every interview I could find with him and everything like that. Just to essentially he's positioning himself as the coalition pick to unseat Mike Lee. He's positioning himself as the righteous pick for Democrats, for independents and even uh, like disgruntled Republicans who just can't stand to see the party of Trump anymore. But it's also funny to think about how Mike Lee voted for him in 2016. (laughs) So we're going to get into that. But this campaign started kicking off into high gear this week with an article in the Trib by uh, columnist and occasional listener Robert Gerke. Hi, Robert. No hard feelings, but uh, we hate your article. We're going to tell you why. Um, It was was a well-written article. The... uh Subject matter suck, suck <laughs> shit, dude. We just generally disagree with the thesis. Uh, anyway, um, we'll just start off with the article. A group of Democrats led by former Congressman Ben McAdams are pushing the party to nominate an unlikely candidate in the 2022 U.S. Senate race. Nobody. Instead, McAdams wants Democratic su- Democrats to support independent challenger Evan McMullen. McAdams says a Democrat can't win the Senate race later this year. Parentheses, he's looked into his own numbers against Lee and they aren't good. And not fielding a nominee is the best way, the only way, to prevent Lee from being reelected. You, <laughs> you unbelievable cucks. <laughs> why, do, why do you even have a political party? Like, 
to me, I understand that Utah Democrats is basically like an oxymoron. And and they they don't mount uh much of a challenge at all and they haven't won a statewide race, I don't know, maybe in my lifetime. This is 96 was last time. <laughs> Amazing. So it's been it's been uh, a quarter century. Yeah. Yeah, like I understand that you've gotten your dicks kicked in forever. But you got to at least try, man. Like this, this, I mean, I understand that the way things have gone, I hate the term Overton window, but we're at the, like, it feels like we're at the final stage of the Overton window. Yeah. Where the Democrats can no longer co-opt the right anymore. They are now fully the right and, 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 are no longer even mounting a challenge. And there, like there, there is a part of me that hopes like Bemick Adams does get his way just because the, maybe the best thing to happen to like electoralism on the left in Utah is for Evan McMullen to run unopposed from the left and just still get the absolute shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's a thing that like, eh, <laughs> You've got to hit rock bottom before you can, you can, uh, yeah, you have to have that moment of clarity in order to actually like start to get sober. Yeah, exactly. It's, I, I, I'm really dumbfounded. I'm like, I'm not surprised, but I'm dumbfounded by it. Yeah. It's the, and the sheer, the sheer hopelessness. And like for this to come from Ben McAdams is even better. You know, known. Oh, we're going to get there. Known political genius. And, you know, a man whose endorsements uh, have really paved the way to remarkable political careers. We're, we're going to get there. <laughs> Just hold on for me, buddy. It's, it's going to be a bumpy please, ride and please. neither of us are going to enjoy this, but we're going to get there. Please continue. <laughs> McAdams has been holding small meetings with Democratic delegates and activists in his home, where he makes the case for supporting McMullen. He said the sport has been nearly unanimous. Um, another thing we have to mention here is that the Democratic Party apparatus, especially in this state, is entirely different from the Democratic Party base. Right. Completely. This is why, like, you've had, like, most, like, Democratic officials in the state in 2020, like all just jump out and endorse Mayor Pete. Ben McAdams had a very fun endorsement. We're going to talk about in a little bit. And then Bernie just ran right over all of them twice. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, this is a party that's completely disconnected from its base, but if you control the, the caucuses and the people who run things and maybe you can just like push through like, eh, let's just endorse nobody and just like get behind this guy. Um, quote, I think this is an incredible opportunity for Utah Democrats to have an impact on the race that has national significance. I think it will energize Democrats who have frankly been on a losing streak for many years. What we've been, what we've done in the past hasn't worked. It's time to try something new. You know, we haven't really, as a, the Democratic Party in Utah, they haven't really tried running a conservative under their ticket ever. Certainly not two years ago. Certainly not four years ago. Certainly not since, like, I don't know, the 70s. 
Like, it's just funny to me that they think that this is trying something new as opposed to just a rehash of the thing they always it's do. A, like, but at the same time, like, are there really, like, is there a big difference between Ben McAdams politics and Evan McMullins? No, that's why they share a campaign manager. Yeah, exactly. Exactly my point. <laughs> they share a, a surprising amount of, like, campaign infrastructure, which... <laughs> we're gonna get to why that sucks ass you uh, he's such a fucking loser yeah that's all you can really say uh these democratic machinations put mcmullen in a tricky position having to convince democrats he's not a republican this in disguise he is while assuring republicans he's not just a tool of the democrats well he is a tool but not of the democrats sadly uh that second part can be more challenging if the party throws its support behind him and that was just pretty much excerpts of that article. I don't really get, want to get in the whole thing like, like what Kale Weston said or anything like that because I kind of feel for the guy. Because, like, yeah. I don't think he's going to... I honestly think the party is going to probably just endorse, like, McMullen and just call it good and then just, like, leave the people that are actually in the party just hanging in the wind. Is this before or after they build their statue for Mitt Romney? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh... So it is more important to Democrats stick with their party, even if it makes more makes it more likely Lee gets reelected and Republicans control the Senate. Or is it important enough to beat Lee that they do something unprecedented, side with McMullen and at least have a fighting chance to make their votes relevant and perhaps pull off the upset? So my my, my question is, is why? Oh, because, you know, Mike we know exactly why this is the same type of like vanity liberal project that you know got amy mcgrath like 30 million dollars twice or gave jamie harrison like 50 million dollars to lose to lindsey lindsey graham by like 30 points this is the same thing it's another rehash this is a liberal vanity project that's going to do nothing but suck up time money and energy and go nowhere i mean yeah i mean I think that's it. I think that's, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is an opportunity to make millions and millions of dollars in fundraising campaigns. Because if you're on Twitter and you see like Evan McMullen, all, that, all you know is he's the guy from MSNBC who doesn't like Trump and really stood up to him all those times. That's it. You don't know anything about his policies. You don't know anything about where he's been or what he's done or how we just kind of just showed up on the spotlight all of a sudden and means nothing. Yeah, it's just this idea of like he dislikes the same person that I dislike, therefore he's my friend. <laughs> yeah, he he's on the TV <laughs> box with uh with uh Rachel Maddow, so you know he's a good guy. Yeah, this is this is a, a furthering of the football teamization of politics in this country. Yeah, to you know you know what Spencer Cox is right. Politics is becoming sports. It is. It's fucking rival <laughs> football teams, dude. It's it's Michigan and Ohio State, and it doesn't matter who the person is as long as they're on my team. Exactly. That that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And you you this is like no different than like a guy who watches KBYU all the time too, just to watch all the all the talk shows about BYU football and just like then watch like BYU football and like we can't really need to beat them. We really need to beat him. I don't care how we need to beat him. Yeah. And it's like, like, it's the no, it's, it's, 
It's the same thing as Steeler fans sitting there and cheering for Ben Roethlisberger for 20 years. It's the same thing as Browns fans throwing bottles at Ben Roethlisberger when he's hurt. <laughs> Which only makes them cool. I know. I'm kind of, that was pretty cool. All right. So honestly, you know, Ben McAdams word is good enough for me. After all, it's not like he would ever endorse someone that wasn't of the highest moral fiber, especially another former Republican who is a mayor of a major city that has a history of racist policies and personal sexual harassment. You're just getting very stop and frisky here. Oh, Honestly, the fact that he endorsed Mike Bloomberg is still the funniest thing in the world to me. And like, honestly, the reason why anytime Ben McAdams speaks up, I immediately tune the fuck out. Yeah. Like a dude that had no chance of getting the nomination at all to begin with. And I still don't understand why he nominated Bloomberg. Why he endorsed him? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can tell you why. Or not because nominated, Blo- endorsed Because him. Bloomberg yeah. spent the years previous of that primary just bribing the fuck out of mayors everywhere yeah and, and I just, mcadams like, was a mayor what did he get out of it is what is what i don't understand did he get a bunch of money from bloomberg yeah like i'm saying he bribed cities like everywhere cities and counties like bloomberg was just going around bribing organizations for like an inevitable like endorsement so Ben McAdams kind of just got caught with his hand in the cookie jar and like, well, I guess I have to endorse him. But then again, like his politics match up pretty well with like Mike sure. Bloomberg too. I mean, all the way, except for the uh, uh, pro-life stuff, considering, you know, uh, judging by the stories where <laughs> Mike Bloomberg told like pregnant employees in his, in his building to quote, kill it. Yeah. Um, honestly, great call. Good job, Mike. Good job, Ben. <laughs> Most progressive thing he's ever done. So we have to start at the beginning, right? Who is Evan McMullen? So after attending BYU, he joined the CIA in 2001. Which uh, is, we love the BYU to government alphabet pipeline. Alcoholics and Mormons. That's all that's in the CIA. I have a drinking problem? Fuck you, Peck. You're a Mormon. Ozzy. Next to you, we all have a drinking problem. Uh, after, uh, he stayed until 2011 serving in Africa, the Middle East and South Asia. I'm sure he did nothing horrible in any of those countries. The, the U S has a squeaky clean record in all three of those, uh, those places. Yeah. It's not like in like Afghanistan, they were literally running death squads or anything like that. Like, no, not at all. I mean, certainly nothing the CIA, um, has ever done in Southeast Asia has led to, uh, you know, coups and genocides or anything like that. Well, we're just talking about Southwest Asia. The Southeast Asia stuff was before Evan's time, but you know, we'll, we'll come some slack on that one. Uh, following his time with the agency, he became an investment baker for Goldman Sachs. Awesome. Cool. And then, (laughs) and then was the chief policy director for the house Republican conference. That is a CV straight from hell, man. Dude, that is just, that's an incredible evil empire trifecta of like, you go for, you go from CIA to Goldman Sachs to like a player in the Republican party. Yeah. To being like a policy guy for like Paul Ryan. Amazing. Good God. And like, like. You're a policy guy for Paul Ryan. Again, how are you any fucking different than Donald Trump or Mike Lee? 
Oh, we'll get there. Uh, his candidacy, his candidacy for president was reported on by a noted Mormon politician, whispered McKay Coppins on August 8th, 2016. Somehow that dude gets all the, gets all the like breaking news from like Mormon politicians. I don't get it. Yeah, dude. He's got some sort of pipeline there. He's got some sort of in. Oh, he's got the pipeline. Like I said, like the only reason like organizations seem like they keep around is just so he can write on Mormonism. Like that's yeah. it. Especially like, cause like he got to start like working on like Mitt Romney's campaign in 2012 and just writing fluff pieces all around too. Um, so August 8th, he starts up two weeks later. There's an article in the Washington post that kind of talks about like his whole origin story. Uh, the people who drafted McMullen to be the next, to be the never Trump independent candidate are some of the Republican establishment's most well-known operatives, Bill Crystal, John Kingston, Joel Serby, Rick Wilson, four cool dudes, Bill Crystal. Yeah. One of the like biggest Iraq war propagandists to ever exist. A man who's been wrong about everything and also especially about wars that have killed like a million people. Like people at Nuremberg died for less than what Bill Crystal did during the Iraq war. Yeah. You, you think about like how Julius Stryker was murdered for running Der Sturmer and then like for like being executed and rightfully so too. Like he deserved sure. that. But like the fact that like no one from like the weekly standard ever like paid a price for like being like the policy, like, shop for the bush administration to run that war is kind of incredible Unbelievable, uh, man. like yeah John, like he's he's right up there if we're talking about like war propagandists he's on the mount rushmore like right next to david from yes uh also let's uh talk about the other guys there too uh john kingston is a former like financial bundler for mitt romney also was an executive producer for his documentary that went to sundance that also was on netflix and it was just really boring about how like mitt's kind of human not really though that dude like zero zero like non-computer stuff and, and honestly like watching like video clips of evan mcmullen too that dude has zero swag too just, no, like, so, yeah, you don't go, sorry, but you don't go from BYU to the CIA to Goldman Sachs and have like an ounce of coolness in you. You are a fucking human algorithm. They, they took that charisma out of you and Langley. That was it, man. <laughs> um, so moving on. Uh, also, Rick Wilson, also a guy I want to talk about too. Ooh, Lincoln awesome. Project guy. A another, another great dude. Cool dude. Uh, Republican hatchet man for most of his career. Uh, uh, friend, friend of a pedophile. Started a business with him. Oh, yeah, he surely did. Also, Republican hatchet man. My favorite bit about it is how he created an ad uh, about uh, Senator Max Cleland in, in Georgia comparing him to a terrorist, which is amazing when you think about how Max Cleland was a Vietnam War veteran who was a triple amputee. Cool stuff. <sighs> straight from the Billy Horton playbook. Oh, and uh, uh, Rick Wilson blocked me on Twitter because I pointed out how he likes to use uh, slurs for transgender people a lot. Cool guy. That was, that was funny. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of Evan McMullen's uh, origin stories there so far. We're doing great, right? I'm really feeling good about uh, giving my vote to this guy. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, it's Paul great. Ryan, um, Rick Wilson, 
Afghanistan. So I, just, so I decided to just like create a list of uh, issues about that. Mick, Evan McMullen has policies on and, you know, cares about a lot, puts them on his website, such and such. Uh, so we're going to start out with democracy because that's a big talking point right now too. We're like, we need to protect a, a thing. A thing that definitely exists in America. Yeah. Uh, so here's what he put on his website about that. Um, our democratic Republic is at risk division, extremism and conspiracy promoted by dishonorable politicians now dominate our politics and create dysfunction, chaos and instability in our country. During my CIA service abroad, I saw countries succumb to extremist movements that robbed people of their basic freedoms to place power in the hands of authoritarian regimes. Some of them I might have provided weapons, money, and material aid to. Not saying Bro, which. You worked for the CIA, like the worldwide <laughs> leader in disinformation. Yeah, it's like when he says, like, I saw like countries succumb to extremist movements, like, how did that happen, Evan? Yeah, was With it you your, there? Was it, was it your boss who was going through the Zero Dark Thirty script and giving it the okay? All I had to do was provide a lot of weapons to like these Sunni extremists, and then also a lot of weapons to some Shia extremists, and hope they just wipe each other out. I I thought that would work. And like, oh, man. admittedly, he's the one who's who goes on Twitter and talks about like how it was his job to work with Al Qaeda and convince them to work with the CIA. <laughs> that oh. is one of, that is one of the single greatest self owns I've ever ever seen. Oh man, my goodness! Uh, where was I? Oh yeah. In order to preserve our system of self-government, which is necessary to ensure liberty and justice for all Americans, we must reform and strengthen our democracy. So, a couple of years ago, he released a 35-point plan for defending democracy. And I'm not going to read them all, but I'm just going to give you just a select few. Um, vote. Donate to honorable candidates. Read multiple credible news and opinion sources daily. What, like fucking MSNBC? subscribe to credible news sources like like msnbc write op-eds perform (laughs) you know what uh me me and bethany mandel we got something cooking it's going to be kind of like a the like like a supreme collaboration that we're going to be dropping in the deseret news really soon um we're going to talk about how to clean masks. So, you know, just be on the lookout for that. Cause I really took the op-ed thing to heart when I was I reading for- this about Evan McMullen. I forgot how great all these points are. They're definitely going to preserve democracy, perform random acts of kindness, make eye contact and smile at strangers. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to smile at Mitch McConnell and it's going to, it's going to grow his heart three times the size. Like he's the fucking Grinch who stole Christmas. Spread, spread truth and facts on social media. Expose and counter divisive rhetoric and disinformation on social media. Oh, like the CIA. <laughs> uh, choose hope over cynicism. Are uh, we going to launch like, like I, do you just launch like another like operation condor on social media, Evan? Is that what you mean? Uh, you throw people out of helicopters in the metaverse. 
<laughs> uh, seek and share light, goodness, and beauty wherever found in nature and huma- humanity. That, that's it. I'm launching a, a line of Pinochet NFTs. Love thy neighbor as thyself. So apparently, like, all of it is essentially supposed to be nothing but, like, live, laugh, love, and also, I don't know, posting, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, sorry, the whole love yourself thing, bro, we've been in a pandemic for the last two years. I think everybody's, like, self-image and mental health is at an all-time high. Yeah, everyone's happy, man. Yeah, everyone's Uh, super, super stoked right now. So, you know what we need? We just need some, like really good positive vibes that'll change everything um history um nowhere in that list is like join a union organize your workplace there's nothing yeah there's nothing there that actually has like it will change anybody's actual like material conditions in their lives no it's like well democracy is only when you vote it's not when you like control your workplace or like have the ability to have a say and like how you function in, in your occupation. No, it's a, it's about watching MS, MSNBC and pushing a button every four years. Yeah. Do you know what voting does and voting exclusively does? It puts us in this exact predicament where we have to choose people. Like we have to choose between Mike Lee and Evan McMullen. And it, it's kind of funny too. And I'm going to jump between like 2016 and 2022 and like, his love of democracy kind of went by the wayside in 2016 where he thought like he would be able to subvert the electoral college just because he might've won in Utah. Like he honestly thought he could become president with like less than 1% of the vote. If the race is very close, votes for me could prevent both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump from reaching 270 electoral votes and sending the election to the house of representatives in a historic way. Big time. Democracy baby. Like, that's the thing that drives me crazy. Like, you cared about democracy so much unless you thought you could turn six electoral votes into the presidency, which is insane. Amazing shit. Oh, yeah. And he served in the CIA for like 10 years. So I'm pretty sure he's done some undermining democracy, at least somewhere. Yeah, there, there's a 100% chance. Of tons. That it happened. Especially like he started in, in 2011, you said? 2001 to 2011. Okay, 2001. Yeah, so like right in the height of the Iraq War. And the war in Afghanistan. And probably like 20 other places too. Yeah, sure. Totally 100% believe that this guy's record is squeaky clean. (laughs) Yeah, like right in the peak of like enhanced torture techniques. I mean, enhanced interrogation techniques. Which of course he he described as a quote gray area. Oh yeah, I got an article right here too. We can just talk about that really quick. Let's do that. Let's jump into Uh, that. BuzzFeed News from November 1st, 2016. Evan McMullen says he was aware of CIA torture program site gray areas. I never participated in it. I never went to a black site. Never met with the detainee. With the detainee. Um, <laughs> that, that is such big time like Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky vibes right there, man. I, I just like this one quote. And it's like. I don't believe in taking it easy on terrorists when they're in car incarcerated, but I also don't support the use of torture. There are gray areas. I believe that waterboarding is in a gray area. I don't think we need to use it. Um, that's such a, like 
understatement when it comes to like waterboarding too. Cause if you ever like read about like what happened to like Abu Zubaydah with uh waterboarding, you'd be just disturbed by it where um, he was waterboarded so much. They thought they killed him um, right. and they broke him so much that they could just like snap their fingers twice. And he would just assume the position for waterboarding. Jesus Christ, man. And that was after like the FBI had got all the information out of him that they possibly could have used. And the CIA got pretty much nothing. So they just like tortured the guy for months just because just because he also could. lost an eye during that process too. think about how that happened. But no, that's just a gray area, man. This happens. Anyway, CIA rocks. That's oh, speaking of the CIA, we're going on tangents here, but a little bit, but, uh, I love the troopification of the CIA in like the last like 20 years or so where essentially like they're put on the same level as like soldiers and Marines, despite the fact like their purpose and their jobs and the things they do are entirely different. Yeah, I agree. I served my country. Like, no, no, no. You're a guy who went to Columbia and then just like ended up in the CIA and then tortured people half to death. That's not, you're not a warrior. You're just a fucking scumbag. Oh, well, on to education. <laughs> so 2022, I haven't found anything on education. He just alludes to strong schools and that's about it. But in 2016, he had quite a bit about education. Uh, in struggling school system, charter schools have become a powerful engine of innovation. Awesome. Because they are, yes, of course, he's a charter school guy. Because they are not weighed down by intrusive regulations that burden so many traditional public schools. Not every charter school succeeds, but charters as a whole are finally giving meaningful choice to parents whose children were once condemned to failing institutions. Still, access to charter schools is insufficient. Right now, there are more than one million children on charter school waiting lists. Students who do not have access to charters should have the option of vouchers that enable them to attend schools farther away. By showing that schools cannot afford to take their students for granted, these alternatives should foster a healthy competition between schools to provide the best education. There should not. Why does there need to be competition in schools? Because he's a conservative dipshit. Like, that's all you can really say. Fuck you, dude. Like, he's basically proposing charter school busing. Yeah, he is. Unbelievable, uh, dude. Without great teachers, there can be no great schools. The teaching profession continues to attract hundreds of thousands of the most committed, caring, and talented college graduates. Schools should not hesitate to reward teachers on the basis of merit in order to ensure that they stay in public schools. There also needs to be greater accountability for the small number of teachers who fail in the classroom or even abuse their students. Regrettably, teachers' unions continues to protect these few failures instead of focusing on what is best for students. So, so this guy, he's a charter school dipshit. Um, he worked in the CIA at the height of the Iraq war. He's, he's anti-labor. He's anti-organization. He's pro-capital. Like, why do I care about this guy? Why, what has he done to earn my votes? He went on MSNBC. Fuck, man. How is this? Every one of his policies. How is this any different than Mike Lee? There's not. Like the no. only thing that's different is that like Mike Lee might actually be anti-torture. Yeah. 
like so, well, Mike, Mike, Mike tried to stop the Yemen, the Yemeni war with Bernie Sanders. I exactly. Mean, yeah. That's more than we can ever expect from Evan McMullen when it comes to Evan McMullen policy. would be like the Shit, first Evan guy McMullen, to sign up to drop another bomb. Shit. Evan McMullen probably participated in the Yemeni war. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, that's fun to think about, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't really oh, yeah, have, the, I don't really have any evidence to the contrary. Oh yeah. Here's a fun little tidbit from the past. Schools also need high standards to ensure that every student gets a first class education. Common core began as a state driven effort to raise the bar for K-12 education. Yet the Obama administration used federal funds to compel implementation. That's some good old fashioned conservative red meat there. This This guy is running as an independent because he knows he wouldn't get the nomination otherwise. That's the yeah. only reason why he's doing it. Other this than that, didn't... he has the exact same policies as Becky Edwards or Mike Lee and would absolutely vote in lockstep with Trump and Mitch McConnell and the fucking rest of them. I'd this say he probably just... has better politics than I mean I mean he has worse politics like Becky Edwards. I I can pretty sure Becky Edwards wouldn't torture a person. Yeah, you're probably I right. I think I I mean I'm not putting it past anyone, especially not a Republican, but you're no. probably right. Um, it's stuff on LGBTQ rights. It's uh, he doesn't really have a whole lot except for like, I, we're not going to overturn like Obergefell, which is fine. But I did find this fun quote from a trip article in October, 2016, where he said he believes opposite sex marriages are best for our, our opposite sex marriages are quote, best for our families and our society. But he also says he respects the Supreme Court decision legalizing gay marriage and wouldn't seek to overturn it. Wow. Fucking compassion there, Evan. Yeah. And not only that, but like you would fail to do that. Yeah. Honestly, I really hate how like LGBTQ rights just grouped into like, do you support same sex marriage or not? Like you'll never get Evan McMullen on the record for whether or not he believes that trans people deserve basic accommodations in public areas. Yeah. I bet if you, I mean, if you asked uh, Evan McMullen, how many genders there are, you know, the answer you'd get two. Yeah. He, yep. he straight up with that. And like, he, I'm sure he'd have some great answers on like trans rights and all that too. And I'm sure he'd have a wonderful one. But the thing is, if you ask him that right now, he run. Sure. Not only that, but like, Dude's LDS. We already know his stances and like proudly LDS. We already know his stances on, on LGBTQ rights. <laughs> I know we already um, know. Yeah. So we'll just get on, move on to the judiciary fun stuff here. Cool. Uh, 2016. I will appoint originalists to the Supreme court. Said that in the tweet. That's fun. Oh, cool. uh, so you would totally would have voted for Brett Kavanaugh or Amy Coney Barrett. Well, here's a tweet here saying congratulations to Neil Gorsuch on his Supreme Court nomination. His commitment to enforcing the Constitution as written is as important as ever. Awesome. That was in January of 2017. That was the RBG seat, by the way. Cool. No, not the RBG. Uh, that was the Scalia seat. Yeah. I also have a fun little bit of a video on that one, too. He did a nice little video on how he feels about the Supreme Court, so we'll just listen to this for a second. As president, I would appoint conservative justices to the court. I would appoint men and women with integrity, 
respect for the law, and for life. My appointees to the court would be originalists who would honor the balance of power between the branches of government. If you're looking for the one candidate in this race who has lived his entire life by conservative values and who will passionately fight for conservative justices. So he also just like talks a lot about uh, how Trump was for abortion rights, that he's the only real pro-life uh, candidate. And he's awesome. I know we'll, we'll get more into that in abortion in the next section too, but like essentially like everything he says to is like, I'll support real originalist conservative justices who believe in pro-life because my man has no charisma whatsoever. Like he is Just swagless as get out. Goated white boy with the sauce. Anyway, we'll just move on to abortion since we're on that too. 2022, even on abortion, there is common ground. Some identify as pro-choice, others as pro-life, but no one I know is pro-abortion. Oh, now you want to talk about identification, how yeah. people identify. Yeah, but no one I know is pro-abortion. I'm pro-abortion. 100% pro-abortion. Like, yeah, like I have no say in what a woman does with her body. And honestly, I'm totally fine. They want to do it. Don't care. Happy trails. He also likes to talk about uh, late-term abortion a lot in his videos, too. And I'm going to pipe him in a little bit, too. This Dude. The, that's, that's one of the all-time, like, great uh, conservative uh, scare tactics. It's right up there with Trump talking about how, like, doctors would kill babies after they were born. Yeah, it's like, they, they birth them and then they kill them. It's very sad. It's, it's just amazing the lies they tell. It's crazy. It's even better of like how many how many women, how many abortions do you think that Trump has paid for? Uh, at least probably twenty or so. At least. Um. So yeah. Um. B -b 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 where was I? Um. While the never ending tug of war to change laws rages on the number of abortions in America has been declining for years due to policies that support women, children, and families rather than causing more division by changing laws or attacking each other's belief. We should focus there. No, shut the fuck up. But no, Hey Evan, do you think women should hold the priesthood? God. Uh, here's what he said in 2016 though. I would like to see Roe v. Wade overturned McMullen said in an interview you're I getting your that, wish congratulations guy yeah i believe that how we treat life in this country is the true test of our humanity i understand it's a very polarizing issue but i think we've got to respect life in this country from conception to natural death as conservatives we value life and believe that children are a blessing our commitment to protect life from conception to natural death is a fundamental test of our humanity it shapes and defines our national character and our culture. We know the topic of abortion divides this nation, but we believe a new generation of leadership that promotes a culture of life, protects the vulnerable, and encourages adoption over abortion is vital. As president, I'd be committed to appointing justices who will uphold our Constitution's intent and principles. Hillary Clinton believes abortion should be available at any time, including the final days before delivery of the baby. She is backed and supported financially by Planned Parenthood and wants taxpayers to give them a blank check. Donald Trump is no better. For decades, he supported and endorsed abortion and continues to defend Planned Parenthood to this day. When asked if he had ever funded or donated to Planned Parenthood, he said he wouldn't answer. No American should trust him to keep his promise to appoint pro-life justices. 
He has a record of constant deception on vital issues. We can't gamble on him telling the truth just this once. I'm pro-life. That's my faith. That's my heart. And that's how I'll leave. For us, being pro-life isn't a campaign slogan. It's a solemn promise. And when you cast your vote, remember, we're the only consistently, passionately, and firmly pro-life candidates in this race. A, a, a guy who worked for the CIA from 2001 to 2011 wants to talk about respecting life. Only American, though. God, man, this guy is a fucking monster. Oh, we got more. Uh, from his website, our respect for life is the most important measure of our humanity from conception to death and any time in between life is a precious is precious and we have a responsibility to protect it. A culture that subsidizes abortion on demand runs counter to the fundamental American belief in the potential of every person. It undermines the dignity of mother and child alike. Amazing. Yeah, I'm getting really fun vibes from all the liberals who told us like we have to defend Roe and all that too. Somehow, like saying like I'm in the vote for Evan McMullen. It's like, yeah, you really you went on a limb there, didn't you? <laughs> so anyway, speaking about how life is sacred and all that too, let's talk about poverty. <laughs> in 2022, he has bland platitudes about how we uphold the government as instituted by the people to secure those essential collective goods that individuals cannot attain for themselves particularly providing for the common defense and promoting general welfare. We therefore support policies that further public safety, health and defense as required by enduring national sovereignty prosperity. That's all he says about poverty. He keeps it pretty quiet, but in the past, he's got some good ones. Uh, here's a tweet he had in November, 2016 anti-poverty programs need reform too. Of quote, course welfare, they do <laughs> quote. Welfare cliffs make it hard for people to get ahead by taking away benefits, discouraging work. He's pulling out welfare queens. Yeah, he's he, yeah, exactly. He's doing uh bootstraps welfare queens. This guy, yeah, the, he is a he's a run of the mill cut from the cloth Republican. There's he no is. This is the guy the Democrats are throwing their fucking support. Oh, there's more. Here's an oh interview with God. him from Fortune magazine. The problem is that Americans don't believe that the advocates of free market policies care about the poor or, or about those living on the edge of poverty. Well, they don't. In his book, the conservative heart econ economist Arthur Brooks wrote about this problem very eloquently. No one gives a fuck about economists. It's a made up fucking profession. American voters believe that they must choose between a heartless party on the right and an imprudent but compassionate party on the left. Well, they're both heartless parties. Doesn't matter. Uh, Americans the are same good party. Americans are good people. So given the rotten choice, comparison always compassion almost always wins. That's especially true in times of hardship. The conservative formula for economic growth is well known. While conservative solutions for lifting people out of poverty gets little attention, we can get the economy moving again by cutting taxes rolling back regulations and reforming the entitlement programs that are driving our deficit. Unfortunately, the discussion often stops there. What we don't hear about are conservative solutions for fighting poverty. In the long term, the best solution for poverty is strong economic growth that expands the number of well-paying jobs available to American workers. Yet while we are working to kickstart the economy, there are a lot we can do to make poverty fighting programs more effective. So what are you saying is, though, despite the fact that like productivity has gone up every year since like 1974 and wages have pretty much been a flat line since 
that, you know, we just have to create more high paying jobs, which don't exist because that's not how the economy works anymore. Yeah. And like, how can you, how can you talk about like capitalist compassion, especially in 2022? Like we've like, sorry guy, but, but the ruse is up, man. Like, like six people own like 50% of the wealth in this country. Yeah. You want to talk about, you want to talk about like, we have Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk going to space in the middle of a pandemic. And like every job that's created now is like a gig economy job or like a contract job where, you know, you're just, you're on the, you're on the skids for like six months until you can actually like get sustained labor. If you're lucky, if you're lucky. Or, like that's, or yeah, or you or you have to wait a year until your insurance kicks in, or like you can actually start contributing to uh, your retirement account, which of course can be like taken away at any time, and you can be fired at the drop of a dime if you blink wrong, if you f- accidentally fart in a meeting. Let's you talk can a little just more about. Yeah, let's just talk more about his entitlement reform too, since we're kind of on the subject there. Reform. Here's a tweet from him in November 2016. Reforms to entitlement should meet obligations to senior now and phase in gradually for people like me who will live and work longer. Oh, that's great. But so, let's just, so, let's we're just, just, so we're so we're all just supposed to die at our desk. Yeah, essentially, uh, we're gonna make Medicare uh, accessible at 75 now as opposed to 65, and uh, Social Security 80. So you know, good luck there. And then um, we're going to give all that money to the top, like wealthiest people in this world so that they can buy back their own stock. Yep. From his website in 2016 too, here's another piece of, well, preserving Medicare and social security is an important objective in its own right. Entitlement reform is also necessary to ensure that the federal government can afford other priorities, including scientific research, infrastructure repair, and national defense. An important side effect we of have- uncontrolled... We spend three quarters of a billion dollars a year or trillion dollars a year on defense. An important side effect of uncontrollable spending on entitlements is a lack of funding for every other government program. 50 years ago, entitlements consumed 26% of federal funds spending. Today, they consume 60%. Over the same period, defense spending has fallen from 43% to 15% of the federal budget. He's just flat out fucking lying. Uh, well, it's not necessarily lying if you're going 50 years from 2016 because, yeah, we're spending more on entitlements because the baby boomer generation is hitting retirement age and we're not in the Vietnam War anymore. <laughs> Just craving, man. Yeah, it's bad. You want to talk about health care? I'm sure we're going to get a lot of, of, of access. Well, that's where we're going to get in 2022 wait until we get into 2016 stuff. 2022, we have a moral obligation to ensure that every American has access to quality, affordable health care. <sighs> 2016, let's start with Medicare. It kind of gets broken up because he likes to talk in specifics in 2016, but not so much now. It's kind of weird how that happens. Here he is talking about Medicare. 
Change <laughs> The key to reform is premium support, a system in which all beneficiaries would receive a uniform subsidy towards the purchase of coverage from competing health plans, including the option of traditional Medicare. So ultimately, I don't need to hear anything more about his health care policies since I know that he's for profit or he's for for profit privatized health care. He wants to turn Medicare into a voucher program. Jesus Christ, man. Oh, God. Okay. That's even before we get to the Medicaid stuff, which is the fun part. Uh, Medicaid's purpose is to provide, here it is from 2016 again, Medicaid's purpose is to provide lower income Americans with the health care they need, but can rarely afford. Despite its tremendous cost, there is little evidence that Medicaid is actually improving the overall health of its citizens it ensures. The program should be reformed substantially so that it continues to fulfill its critical mission without pushing our national debt beyond the breaking point. <laughs> we may end up owing ourselves even more money. You know, it's funny about that too, because he throws like Medicaid expansion here too, because he's very anti affordable care act. And he says like, it's not affordable. It makes people's premiums grow up, which is true. But the one good part of it was the Medicaid expansion. Exactly. And you have that too. Like you look at the math of what like impact it had too. like, Excess deaths of elderly, low-income people dropped substantially, like 21 per 10,000 in states that had Medicaid expansion compared to those that didn't. And as a matter of fact, like states that didn't pass Medicaid expansion with the ACA had 15,000 more like excess deaths in like elderly, low-income populations than in states that had 19,000 less deaths. Uh, moving on, though. Instead, there should be a cap on federal spending. This can be accomplished by giving states block grants instead of federal matching funds, or by giving states a fixed dollar amount for each individual enrolled in Medicaid. The advantage of the latter is that in the event of unexpected increase in enrollment because of a recession, or example, because of a recession, of a recession, for example, states will be able to handle the change. So what he's talking about there is making Medicaid a block grant program, which means that federal government just gives the state the money and the money can that the state can just use that money for whatever they want to, for the most part, as long as they can tangentially tie it to Medicaid, uh, which means they usually don't like, for example, that's how Utah ended up with like the uh, church providing a large yeah. amount of their Medicaid funding or the, yeah, the, or the church providing <laughs> welfare and, and, I just, Jesus Christ, man, this is, this is overwhelming to say the least. Oh, and also just to kind of go off of that, uh, capping on federal support and all that too. Uh, the, uh, center for budget and public public policy, uh, kind of ran some numbers on that one too. That Medicaid block grant proposal would cut funding substantially for both Medicaid and chip because the funding would no longer keep pace with healthcare costs because those always just go up since we are in a private healthcare system or with the expected Medicaid enrollment growth as populations age. Yeah. This, this is, again, this is the standard run of the mill Republican take um, <clears throat> in that Evan McMullen, much like it, it, he's a contributor and a supporter to the like grand Republican idea of destroying the pu public sector in this country entirely and 
privatizing absolutely everything. Oh yeah. From your schools to your healthcare to absolutely everything. Everything but the I, military. I cannot I cannot even fathom how disastrous that would be. Oh, and like, it we be- already have like rampant inequality in this country. We're already in a more perverse gilded age. Yeah, but think about the return on investment. We're not getting anything off those school kids, man. Nothing. Yeah. Just a money pit. But again, every life is sacred. <laughs> oh, man. And we have to support and love. You know, <clears throat> I think that we don't even really need health care in this country anymore. We need, to, we need to just all get outside and uh, help old ladies cross the street and smile at each other. <laughs> that, that smiles, that a- the smiles social safety net is what I will be running on. Just tipping your twenty twenty four. Yeah, just tipping your cat to elderly ladies will be what saves democracy for the future years, not providing stability for people so they don't think that the government's always just trying to destroy them because it kind of is. Yeah. I mean, what do- All he's right. just, yeah, he's just, he's a standard, just vile piece of shit Republican. Like this is, this is like reading a Donald Trump website outside of like, he doesn't have any funny insults. I know. Um, let's just hit on national security and call it night. Cause I feel like if we keep going, I might just make you insane and you might actually try and do something a, actionable. Put a bullet in my brain. <laughs> all right so in 2022 on national security evan wrote utah was founded by americans and immigrants well it wasn't really founded by them but good job uh, <laughs> some, some exclusions may apply <laughs> no one was ever there the end uh who fled to its mountains in search of freedom opportunity and safety Except for the people who were already there, they kind yeah, of got the shit in and stick on all that. Except for the the, the youths and and uh, Timpanogos tribes, and it is still a section sanctionary for a rapidly growing population in an increasingly unstable world. We must ensure that it remains so, despite rising threats within and beyond our borders. Okay, and that the rest he's of America, of course, can- he's a secure the border guy. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. And that the rest of America continues to be safe for all those who call it home. As a former intelligence officer and a national security advisor in Congress, I know we can achieve this. Here's how he starts out his 2016. I don't national trust security. you on that alone, dude. <laughs> we, we, we really have to talk about the 2016 version of this Fuck, one, too. Man. Okay. Here's how it starts. When terrorists murdered four Americans in Benghazi, yes! including <laughs> Benghazi ain't going away, including the U.S. ambassador to Libya, Clinton sought to deceive the American people by saying it was not a well-planned attack, but a spontaneous response to an insulting video. Oh, God, I miss 2016 conservatism. So, it was the best. If you're if you're playing uh, bingo at home now, that is uh, Benghazi secure the border, uh, privatize schools, uh, get rid of entitlements. Um, we're going to, uh, reform Medicare. I- anything I'm missing. 
Nope. We need to, we need to spend even more money on our defense budget. After eight years of weak leadership under President Obama, we deserve a president who knows what it's like to fight terrorists on the front lines, rather than making excuses for his failures. Finally, Hillary Clinton's pay-for-play foundation undermines the ethical foundation of American foreign policy. Eh, that one's part true. I'll give you that. Sure. Uh, Evan McMullen will provide the leadership America needs in the world. He will pursue and defeat the destruction of the Islamic State and Al-Qaeda, rather than dismissing such threats as the, quote, JV team. We gave you or, 20 years, fucko. You didn't do it. Or saying that they are already contained. Well, you lost. Good job. Uh, he will punish Iran for violating the nuclear deal rather than ransoming American hostages with stacks of foreign currency. Oh, God. This is, this is peak 2015 T-Cop bullshit. Yeah, I love like, this. This is like watching Hannity in 2015. He will stand with Israel rather than blaming a loyal and democratic ally for instability in the region. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-bum. Bum. Bingo. We got, we got it now. He's a, he's hit every single Fox news talking. Point. Oh, we got one more. Finally, he will reverse the reckless cuts that have brought the size of strength and readiness of the U S military to a dangerous and historic low. President Evan McMullen would have been the first president to actually spend a trillion dollars on the defense budget. Oh, and also like, we'll just talk about his border points really quick too. Um, bu- 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 bum. uh, please, first please to, tell me this. There, there has to be a mention of caravans, uh, to secure the border. We need more manpower, better technology in some places. Walls. <laughs> Uh, first, the government should hire 20,000 new Border Patrol agents. Second, the government should invest in advanced sensing and surveillance technology, including cameras. Finally, there are several hundred miles of the southern border where walls are being built and must be completed. A-boom! So, so he is a Trump guy, after all. Pretty much. Like, there's no difference. <laughs> he's a build-the-wall like, build guy and supports all the same policies. Like, that's the thing. Like, Trump governed like a Republican anyway. And Evan McMullen he was thinking, is just... Trump... Trump- We've talked about this before, but Trump governed the same way that Marco Rubio would have, uh, Ted Cruz. Fuck, there's not even a whole lot of difference between him and Joe Biden. Like, the fact of the matter is, Trump governed like your typical neoliberal. Oh, he did. Man, it sucks. It does. There's no fundamental difference. Yeah, but also you're going to get browbeated for like the next few months to vote for this guy because he's not Mike Lee. Like That's it. I'm going to go on record and just straight up say that Mike Lee's better. Simply because like Mike Lee might actually be for prison reform and like wants to end some wars. This is certainly no like ringing endorsement of Mike Lee, who's an unbelievable piece of shit. Yeah, but like if if my ballot if it's on my ballot and the only two choices are Mike Lee and Evan McMullen, I'm leaving that bitch blank. Yeah, absolutely. No, I have. I'm not voting for either one of them. Again, this is what happens when (laughs) your idea of democracy is simply vote. You turn I, I just, you you turn you you turn politics into the shittiest popularity contest imaginable. 
Yeah. <laughs> God. And you're going to have like, and, and like we said too, like the entirety of this whole project is just nothing more than like a liberal vanity project because they all know how to deal with it. Sorry. Mike Lee's not going away. Despite the fact that you have this huge campaign, like humans against Mike Lee and blah, 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 whatever else you want. It's not going to work because he's established. He's, he's popular too. As much as, as you can point to every poll you want to, we're just like, Oh, well, Evan McMullen's within breathing distance. And, uh, actually, if you see here, Mike Lee's below 50% popular is like, doesn't matter if you're going to run Republican, especially with another Republican that's running as like a diet Republican, they're going to go for the full strength thing every time. We keep talking about that. Yeah. Like again, it didn't work for Amy McGrath who said that Mitch McConnell wasn't Trumpy enough. It's not going to work. It's not going to work in Utah. One of the most like staunchly conservative States in the nation. It didn't work for Ben McAdams when he ran against Burgess Owens. Like Ben McAdams took every sort of like, I'm a fiscally conservative American. I'm pro-life. I'm essentially Republican. I stand up to Nancy Pelosi and you still ate shit against a guy who has, who has, who has brain damage, documented brain damage (laughs) and doesn't even live in the state. Good job. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's like asking your mom, like, mom, I want Mike Lee. And she looks at you and says, we've got Mike Lee at home. Man, like it's our choices bleak. are Mike Lee and pro torture Mike Lee. Yeah. And honestly, once again, you're going to be faced with these people on Twitter all the time. She's like, why don't you vote for him? He's, you know, what? we need to replace Mike Lee. He's like, no, suck shit. I don't care. Like, that's yeah. not my battle. Because again. honestly, if you really cared about like building like a liberal project or like something that's tangentially better than what we have right now, why would you waste the money the infrastructure, the energy for Evan McMullen. Yeah, this is this is a time that you could be using money to fundraise and build coalitions to help people unionize their workplace, to help teachers and, and citizens of this state who are still feeling the effects of COVID-19. There are so many ways that you could actually help improve people's material conditions, which is what gets you like, that's what earns you votes in this country. I'm going to think about how much money is going to go into this campaign and how many like mutual aid organizations you could start with that. And I'm just going to sit down with like a half bottle of bourbon. Cause like, good God, I'm going to join you, man. Yeah. It's, it's so it, it, you're right. It's a it's a vanity project, and it's a way for your typical liberal to like pump their chests out and say, "See, we're the good guys." Like we're not actually. It it's it, it's a posturing move. It, sure, it, like like despite the fact that Evan McMullen wants to like essentially destroy social security and essentially destroy Medicaid, Medicare and make your grandmother have to face poverty because their vouchers for Medicare no longer cover how much health problems she has anymore. No, he's a great guy. Let's vote for him. Let's put him in the Senate. Let's give him power because he won't caucus with the Republicans or the Democrats. Rad. Don't care. <laughs> and he's, he's Democrats suck for- shit and so do Republicans. So why do I care? Yeah. You, you spent the last six years telling me how we need to protect Roe. And then all of a sudden you're now like 
circling the wagons around a guy who's going to be more than happy to see women die from like back alley abortions. Fuck you. I don't care. Right. I am right now uh, looking at where I want to put my, uh, my kid in school and I'm not going to vote for a guy who wants to destroy public schools because or I their want, unions or yeah, or their teacher unions. Yeah, I don't want I'm not supporting someone who who wants to privatize something uh as essential as education. Yep. Simple as that. Yeah. I think that's a I, good place to leave it on. I mean, ultimately, you're not gonna get me to support somebody who is like this pro-capitalism is what it ultimately boils down to. Because everything, everything that Evan McMullen stands for, I, I forgot is about capitalism as in a nutshell. I forgot about his tweets where he just name checks DSA too. That's the funniest stuff ever. Hold on one second. I'll read one as a like a funny little like end of the night thing, so we don't feel too horrible about ourselves. Hold on. Damn it. It's too late. I can't spell socialist anymore. Oh, there we go. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Here's a quote from him from 2019. This is an actual line from the Democratic Socialists of America website. In the short term, we can't eliminate private corporations, but we can bring them under greater democratic control. They call themselves socialists because they are socialists. That's goddamn right, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go eat shit, dude. Can't wait for you to lose by 30 points. I can't wait for you to just make your regular appearances on MSNBC again because you ate shit in November. Fucking unbelievable narcissist. Yep. All right, man. I think we're going to call it there just because I think we've uh, depressed ourselves enough for the evening. So um, once again, uh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Uh, I know we say we always need to do a funny one and we never do. We just somehow just like end up deeper in despair. It's amazing. <sighs> Greg, you got anything? Don't vote for this guy. <laughs> just, just don't do it, please. Yeah. Don't take electoral advice from Ben McAdams. I think that's the lesson we can all kind of decide upon. And anyway, if you ever want to join us in cyberbullying his campaign manager, just holler at us. Uh, all right, folks. Choose left. Good night. Bye.